marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. <laughs> I don't know, might might not work. It's just out. ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and love, true love, will follow you forever. Yeah, let's let everyone know we're quoting Princess Bride there. Okay, today's topic is going to be about marriage, it's going to be about divorce, and it's going to be about finances. There's some unwritten information out there or some loose stats that most marriages fail and that the bleeding cause is finance. Well, let's talk about whether or not that's true. This is a show about financial planning with a particular focus on the issues facing those close to or living in retirement. Each week, our host, Dan Wendell, will share his expertise in retirement planning in a fun and down-to-earth format. Now, let's begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio with me, Dan Wendell, owner of the Dolphin Financial Group. Alongside me is Tony Sure and Tony, today we're going to talk about marriage and money. And it's a topic Ooh. that um, you will know a lot about because you have both, <laughs> right? You have marriage and you have money. Well, uh, I just I, have a marriage. I have some of both. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been that I've, I've been married for 26 years now, at least 10 okay. happily. And uh, that's an old joke, but Mm, I know. <laughs> no, just crickets. I love it. Uh, a dad joke. But no, yeah, been married 26 years and wow, money. Uh, that is the one contention uh, that a lot of couples have. That that can uh, that can ruin a good time when you start talking about money. And we talk about it here on the show every week. Um, right. That's right. Yeah, and so, I, I think we did a show we titled, it, If You Want to Retire Successfully, Don't Have Kids. How about we change, call this show, if you want to retire successfully, don't get divorced. Ooh, yes, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, let's let's talk about this a little bit more because, you know, what is the divorce rate? Like every, It's huge. I mean, right, but, but people, I don't think people know. Like, I hear it all the time, you know, half of marriages fail. I don't think that's right. Because how do you know? Like, do we keep stats on this? And I so I decided to look it up. And tur turns out we don't really have good stats on it. I mean, if you really wanted to know, the easiest way would be to say, "All right, let's start in 1990. Let's 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 find out all the marriages that started in 1990, and then look 20 years down the road and see how many are still married." That would be a good way to determine whether or not marriages are there. But from what I could tell through all the studies, no one really knows. No data is solid, and it comes out to about 45 percent. 45% of marriages end in divorce. That's a rough figure. It's very so rough because goes, there's a lot of controversy over the divorce rate. If you just Google, you know, what is the divorce rate in, in the United States, there's a million different answers. And most are, most of the <coughs> reputable sources say uh, there's, a, there's controversy and there is no one way to measure the divorce rate, which is part of the problem. But are you defending it? Are you saying you don't think there's that many divorces? I, I think there's a lot of them out there. Like 45% sounds about right. 
Yeah, it could be. But what's interesting, what I found is that there's a lot of data out there that suggests that boomers are more prone to get divorced. Mm. And since I'm focused on retirement and I deal with a lot with the boomers, I found that fascinating. You know, um, why are boomers prone to divorce? And it's because they get married a lot. They got married young. Like the boomers typically got married a lot younger than the kids are getting married today. Right. Right. So, and I think that's a big contributing factor as to why they divorce is because you get married young and, you know, um, but there's also a lot of stats that they're talking about gray divorces, right? They call them gray divorces. People that get divorced when they have gray hair. Now, I guess I would fall in that category because I've had gray hair since I was like 25. (laughs) 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 But, but, uh, and I think uh, parents that have kids get gray hair sooner than those without. But, um, but if you think about it, gray divorces or getting divorced when you're, you know, closer to retirement, that's a, that's talk about retirement pitfall. I mean, that's, that could be catastrophic for your finances, getting divorced that, you know, right before retirement. And you think about that kids, your kids are put their kids through college. So there goes your money, right? Yeah. Which by the way, I don't believe in, we talk about that, uh, but I'm, I'm just a little plug. I wouldn't, spend my money on my kids college before my own retirement. But let's say you do. Um, and then you get divorced at that point. Now, typically the boomers, it's only a single family, uh, a single person working. And usually the woman is not working. That's just, that's changing. But the boomers still on that generational thing. And because the, the, the wife took time off to, for family reasons. Right. And then they have lower income. So you get a divorce at, at retirement age, man, that's, that's trouble. Yeah. And so um, most of the resources are, are stuck. And then trying to get a new career when you're in your 50s, Yikes. late oh, 50s. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, you, right? basically you hit 50 and it's just like, um, yeah, it's getting a job is gets harder and harder all the time as, as you get older. Right. And so what's going on there? And then to make matters worse, you know, a lot of second marriages, and, and I think the stats will show that if you get remarried that tend to be less stable than first marriages right you know wow so but, it paints but, a, you're painting a pretty bleak picture here dan lift us out of this somehow the 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 show today is about well what's what's the cause of it and again there's some loose data on there but to lift you out of it let me talk about my big fat greek wedding uh, the movie <laughs> so so i didn't see the movie have you seen that movie oh yeah should i watch it yeah it's a good movie but it's one to watch with your wife it's a good one for couples it's a romantic okay. comedy well, i wonder is it there's a lot of greek uh references in it because we got a lot of greek people here in tarpon springs yeah, i should yeah, I, mean, I should there watch are, it there are yep so um the national marriage project put this uh, report out called before i do and they, the study was found that bigger weddings. Well, you tell me, Tony, what do you think? Is it better to have a bigger wedding or a smaller wedding when it comes to whether or not you're going to get divorced? Um, wow. Uh, that's a good question. I would have no idea. Big wedding? <laughs> Neither did I. I, I didn't know. Um, they, they, they say, here's the quote. It's called the big fat Greek wedding factor. Americans who had more guests at their nuptials are more likely to report high quality marriages than those with a smaller wedding party, even after controlling for their education and income. 
which was interesting. I think it has to do with, you know, just the social network, having a stronger social network. Um, so I find that interesting. So have a big wedding if you're thinking about it. <laughs> but let's let's talk about so the real big, issue big here. weddings last longer than small wedding marriages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so what's really the topic today is finances and marriage, right? So I don't have any stats on it because I couldn't find anything that's really valuable, except I, there was a study back from 1996 that I thought was kind of old to reference. If you think about that, man, that is a while ago. But they did suggest that finances are a big issue, right? Um, that those that the leading cause of or one of the top causes of financial strife and, and divorcing is financial difficulties, financial uh problems between couples. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today because I don't think that we can you can go through I don't think you can go through a marriage without having difficulties. I mean, that's just because you're dealing with another person, right? Um but can is there anything that we could talk specifically about financial difficulties? So before we get into it, Tony, I have a few questions for you. I want you to be honest with the listeners and just be upfront. Uh, what's your salary? What's your mortgage balance? And what's your net worth? <laughs> Crickets. That's the typical response. So, Tony. Dan, great show today. Um, how about that, that weather? The, exactly. So this is the problem. <laughs> there is a taboo, right? You don't bring up politics. You don't bring up sex. You don't bring up religion. And you don't talk about people's finances, no, right? No, finances are taboo. You don't talk about your net worth. You don't tell people your salary, especially not the people you work with. You don't even ask your friends what they do about money. Right. You know, how, how much is your mortgage? You know, how much do you pay for rent? Even though that's really useful information, you know, like if I'm paying rent and someone down the, the hall is paying different rent than me, I should know that, right? I'm like, hey, uh, we should, yeah. but you don't talk about it. So it's taboo. And so there's a, so I don't think the financial discussions are the problem. I think it's a lack of communication that's the problem. And that's what's causing these marriages to crumble. And finances are an easy out, right? Because everyone's got financial troubles at some point. It's an easy out because people just aren't talking about it. But do you think that, um, do you talk to your wife about finances? Um, like, yes, we do. We have a budget meeting at least once a month. See, that's legit right there. I mean, that's one of the pieces of advice that a lot of financial planners, myself included, would give to people, especially as you get close to retirement, you should be having this. But the earlier you could do that, have a budget and talk about it with your spouse because that's huge, right? But for some reason, we're... We don't talk about finances with people, especially outside the family, but even internally, we don't talk about it. You know how many people I deal with that the husband and wife have separate bank accounts that they don't really talk about? Like, this is my money and that's his money, and they've been married for 20, 30 years? Wow. That's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. And and you see that a lot, I bet, huh? I see a lot. Now, I, I get the idea of, hey, this is my little spending money, my little slush fund type thing. But we're talking big, big money here, you know, and that's especially true for second marriages. But just there isn't there isn't enough. Here's the big problem. And here's where I see the big problems coming is 
there's usually one person in the relationship that is good with money or that is really into the money situation and the other person that is either ignorant or is shut down. I'll give you an example of my parents. My, uh, my mom and dad were married for 50 something years and my mom ran the show when it comes to money. My dad was an English teacher, which isn't to say he's bad with money. He has a bachelor's degree and three masters. He's not an idiot, right? He's pretty smart and he could do math. It's not like he can't do numbers, but my mom was more number inclined as she ran the household. She budgeted everything. And I, we had them on the show a couple years ago and they talked about how, you know, my mom would do the budget and say, all right, we got 20 bucks left. This is what we got for food, you know? And so, and, and so my dad left that to her and he was fine with it. But here's now fast forward 50 years, my mom doing all the numbers her whole life, my dad taking a back seat to that. And then my mom passes away last year. Mm. And my dad's left holding the bag. And a lot of it was not that he couldn't do it. He just never had. So who's paying the utility bills? Who's going to pay the credit cards? Where are the credit cards? What I mean, just basic stuff my dad didn't have the answers to because he didn't have to deal with it. My mom did. And then when she passed away, what happens? And this is typical, especially for the boomers. One of them passes away. The other one's like, well, I didn't do this. I never had to do it. And you know what happens at that point? That's when the scam artists come in. That's when the predators come in, right? Yep. The new boyfriend or the new uh, sales agent comes in and says, I'll help you, you know, and and they don't know enough to know what questions to even ask. So I guess the key here is, and this is, and I'm not picking on my dad because you know, I was able to help him. He learned and we automated a lot and the tools were very helpful. He knows how to balance the checkbook and check for things, but not everyone is financially literate. And so you, the key is you have to be literate and that goes for both sides of the marriage. And I'm, so, I'm sorry to say that this isn't the case and people don't, uh, don't take it seriously or they rely too heavily on one person to get involved. So when I meet with people to talk about retirement planning, I don't like to meet with one or the other. I like to meet with both. And as much as possible, I'm involving both people in the conversations. And I can tell when one person's just totally not into it. Oh, I don't want to talk about interest rates because I really, uh, it's not my forte. I'm more an artsy type. Well, I don't, you know, I'm not judging there, but you need to know this because it's a marriage, not you know, we don't want to operate in silos for the same reason I just got done explaining. So I'm glad you and your wife talk about the budget, Tony. Oh, yeah. And you know who runs the finances in my house? Who? My wife. Well, you do it all day at work. Uh, I can imagine you have to separate it at some. You can't, you'd be 24-7. Right. I, but it helps day that to she day, does it, doesn't it? Day to day, she's doing it. Like, you know, my wallet's getting lighter as we speak. But- I, you know, I'm just kidding, but she, I mean, she runs it. She does it well. And I know how to do it, but I'd rather her do it because a, she's more organized than I am when it comes to our personal stuff. B, I want her to know. So something happens to me, you know, I can pick up the pieces. I know I can, but could she, she can, she's better at it than I am now. So the key is getting literate. And I think the problem that we face in this country and everyone says um, financial issues are the leading cause of divorce wrong 
I think it's an, a lack of communication. And more importantly, it's just incompatibility. One person is into finances and one person isn't. That's a prime reason for there to be strife. Here's an even better one, Tony. One person's the spender and one person's the saver. You ever hear that story? Yep. You have any friends that oh, yeah. are like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, they, but what if you're in a relationship where you're both the spender? <laughs> <laughs> I think you have a better chance of staying married than if you have one as a spender, one as a saver, maybe. I don't know. That's a good I question. I would agree. I think my, yeah, my wife and I, um, yeah. Because what you'll face is, yeah, you'll run out of money, but you'll both run out of money and you'll both be on the same side of the table saying, what do we do? Let's work together to fix it. Whereas if you run out of money because one's a spender and one's a saver, the, the saver's going to be angry. Well, why did you spend all this money? Well, why are you saving it? We can't take it with you. Boom, fight, let's fight. You know, whereas if you're both saving, then it works. If you're both <laughs> spending, then it works in a twisted sort of way. Sure, right? sure. But I think, that it's important to have one of each though because that balances each other out so what's the answer tony the answer is you got to find someone that's compatible with you someone that you understand and that you're talking about you're talking to you know you you and your wife talk about it you may have different opinions and different styles your wife i know is more conservative than you although you're pretty conservative too you're both pretty conservative right yeah with with the money yeah yeah as far as investing and taking risk yeah Yep. But, you know, if your wife says, hey, Tony, you know, let's take a little bit of a chance with this money over here. You're not going to just be, you know, you, you'll say, well, I don't know, but you'll talk about it. It's not like she's going to sneak the money out and go to Mystic Casino and, you know, spend it all on you. Um, but that's where the problems are. So I think that what happens is people are not educated about what their situation is. They don't want to get involved in finances because they're not interested in it or they figure their partner is going to handle that. Oh, that's his department. I hear that a lot. That's her department. She's in charge of that. That's, I think, I mean, yes, marriage should be built on trust, but I don't think that you learning and becoming educated and literate about financial issues is a sign of distrust. It's just a sign that, hey, I want to help. I want to get involved and not just put all the pressure on one to, to handle this. And I think people that do that, that's the one, that's what leads to divorce, not necessarily finances in general true good point yeah i would agree with that i, I think that's probably a good way to look at it and uh, that's what's causing that you, you kind of have to dig a little deeper i i mean it's easy these blanket statements like you know the stats over 50 percent of all marriages end in divorce and you know finance is the number one cause so it's easy to make blanket statements like that that have become popular in the media even though they they might not be factual as we're That's seeing right. more and more, right? That's right. And I think there's an easy solution to this. Like you might be saying, listening, saying, oh my God, I don't do any of the finances. My, my <laughs> wife does it all. And, and if you're doing that, here's a simple step. Here's what you can do. Here's some things you should learn about. And I think they should be learning about this in high school, to be honest. You have to get financial literate. Here's the area to choose. Learn about debts and interest. Learn about how interest works on credit cards, how your mortgage debt works. If people say, I have a mortgage, what is your interest rate? I don't know. Why not? I don't know. There's 30 in mortgage. What's the difference? Well, you got to know this stuff just so you understand it. 
You know, you should understand these things. Student loans, they should know what the interest rates are and what that means. And if you learn that and just understand that, that's an easy place to start because you can have that conversation with your spouse about the mortgage. You know, hey, we're paying this much in mortgage interest. What do you think? Well, I didn't know we were paying that much. Well, I did because I redid some research. Or, yeah, I know we're paying that much. What's the deal? Well, I just want to let you know that I know that. So, I mean, that's an easy place to start. And another easy place to start that I think this would be the big takeaway if anyone's listening saying, yeah, I better start talking to my spouse about it because I don't want to to be like end up like uh, Dan's dad and, and huh. not know what's going on, right? Because it could easily happen, right? You get comfortable. Work toward an emergency fund. I think it's clear that everyone understands you should have some sort of emergency fund. And that's a simple place to start because it's non-threatening. You go to your spouse and say, hey, I think we should build up an emergency fund. What? Let's start. What do we do? How much do we save each month? Where do we put it? What interest rate can we get at the bank? How do we stay liquid versus investing it? That kind of conversation is an easy one to have because you're not attacking anyone because I don't think anyone would disagree that you need an emergency fund. So that's a very harmless way to get your spouse and you on the same page working to the same goal. Right. And getting on the same page is key. Communication. Uh, a lot of factors go into it. But great advice, Dan. We're almost out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners before we have to go? Right. I feel like a marriage counselor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of that going on today, but that's good. We but, can all use some good advice to get us on the right yeah. track. Yeah, and that's that's the interesting part is that as a financial planner that does comprehensive financial planning, I have to deal with the bigger family-type issues like this, and I don't mind it, especially as you get close to retirement. Everything's new, Social Security, Medicare, those types of things, and budgeting it might be new, and this is where it might you might say, oh, my God, I've never done this my whole life. It's never too late to start this stuff because it's not hugely difficult to learn. I mean, financial issues can be complex, but they don't have to be. And you don't have to be a wizard to do it. Just get started now so that when you do retire, you are, you're on the same page as your spouse. And that's what's going to help you much more than any sort of, uh, you know, platitudes that you might get from uh, reading an article about how not to get divorced. I think knowledge is the key here and being on the same page with your spouse, that's great. And what you might find is, hey, you know, my spouse has a different attitude about finances than I do. That's okay. You just got to understand at least that exists because if you don't, it'll build up and then it's too late. So I think the key takeaway, Tony, you're right. It's about communication, compatibility. Don't think that, you know, finances are guaranteed cause of divorce. It's not lack of communication, lack of compatibility would be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that would be huge. So, um, wow. Well, a great show today at uh, listeners. Give Dan a call. What's that number and web address one more time. Easiest way to get in touch with us is to pick up the phone. The number here is 888-508-5935. And the web address is dolphinfinancialgroup.com. And by the way, Tony, we're now on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. The podcasts also, Tony, are now on YouTube. So if you want to go on YouTube and search for Dolphin Financial Group, you can actually listen to this and other podcasts right there on YouTube. A lot of people do that. Right. Uh, I think that's awesome. You have a lot of options. I love the podcast on YouTube as well. Uh, we get to stare at your lovely picture while listening to the podcast. It, it makes it all that more memorable. 
Do you want to end with a little quote from uh, our favorite movie, um, The Princess Bride? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Regarding marriage, you bet. Do you, do you remember when Pr- Princess Buttercup got married? I remember when <laughs> Princess Buttercup got married. The clergyman. Here we go. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. That blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. Have you the ring? Why the hell not? The topics on this show are wide-ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Delphine Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.